This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. Now, today's episode is going to be based around a few key passages from his letter number seven on crowds. And this is a particularly important episode because I'll be covering an idea that runs all throughout not only Seneca's writings, but throughout Stoic philosophy in general. It's it's this idea that we kind of want to gain a safe distance from the mob, from the crowd, and to recognize just how quickly things can turn chaotic when the mob rules, you know, when we get into that kind of hive mentality. And the way that Seneca does this in this letter is he, he pretty much starts by describing some time that he spent away out of the house and, and, and he kind of describes the games of Rome. You know, now, we've all heard about the games of Rome and the atrocities that went on there. And, uh, and Seneca's accounts are among some of the best of those games because, uh, you know, he wasn't obviously just going there to enjoy it. He, I mean, he was going there to, uh, to watch the crowd. And, and he actually mentions that. I don't think he mentions that in this particular passage, but in another letter within his epistles, uh, he does mention that, you know, he would sit there and instead of watching the games, he would be watching the people, trying to learn from them, trying to see what they're up to. You know, and and so these are just very fascinating passages where he's he's trying to encourage us to see just how terrible humans can be, and how we might want to avoid being too far distracted by by the the hive mentality, so that we can gain some sense of freedom for our soul, so that we can can live up to higher aspirations. And I guess that this episode is more of the warning from Seneca. Uh, I'm focusing on that warning of the crowd. Uh, But then it also goes along with the next episode that I'm going to do, where he kind of gives us a strategy for how we might mediate that danger. So I'll dive in, I'll read some of his stuff, and we'll kind of stop along the way and, and see what we find. So he says, quote, Do you ask me what you should regard as especially to be avoided? I say crowds. For as yet you cannot trust yourself to them with safety. I shall admit my own weakness at any rate, for I never bring back home the same character that I took abroad with me. Something of that which I have forced to be calm within me is disturbed. Some of the foes that I have routed return again. Just as the sick man, who has been weak for a long time, is in such a condition that he cannot be taken out of the house without suffering a relapse, so we ourselves are affected when our souls are recovering from a lingering disease. To consort with the crowd is harmful. There is no person who does not make some vice attractive to us, or stamp it upon us, or taint us unconsciously wherein. Certainly the greater the mob with which we mingle, the greater the danger, end quote. So we'll pause here for a second, because if you ever wanted a very clear idea of what Seneca thought about the mob, you know, about associating with large groups of people, you have it right here. 
And I know he can be a little bit harsh in his appraisal, you know, like the, the, the saying that, you know, the mob is dangerous and, you know, he should be avoided. And um, but, but, you know, I do also like his humility here. I like his humility by saying, uh, you know, even he, uh, when he has worked on himself for a while and has managed to, uh, you know, reroute some of his bad habits, you know, they come back up again when he gets among the large groups of people. You know, and it definitely is something that I think that we can all kind of resonate with, right? You know, you 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 try to work on yourself for a while, but you know, if if you're in a large group of people, maybe some of the bad habits, you know, come back up again just by the by the kind of the the pressure of the mob, you know, the pressure to conform, the pressure to uh, to be in that crowd and to to be like everybody else. And, you know, I'm reminded of this quote that I was told by one of my coaching clients. It was something that uh, was taught to him by his his grandmother, I believe, or his mother. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, the, the, the quote goes something like this, you know, the, the crowd doesn't have ideas, they have the ideas you give them, right? And that's that's generally a pretty reasonable statement. You know, you could even look at what we're going through today. You know, there's a lot of mob rule. There's a lot of kind of uh, strange mob dynamics going on all around the world with political ideologies and and groupthink and all kinds of things going on where, you know, you can kind of see that maybe some people aren't necessarily thinking for themselves. Maybe they're kind of uh, just going along with the crowd, going along with the mob. And of course, you could say, well, you know, we don't have it nearly as bad as what they had it back then, you know, like, of course, it was so much more dangerous back then. But on the other hand, you know, if you don't learn from history, then you don't see the signs, you know, and maybe if you don't see the danger in a crowd or in mob thinking, uh, then perhaps that means that you live in quite a safe society that has successfully, for the moment, subdued the animal part of us that, that you know, turns to chaos in mobs. Uh, and, and so maybe you don't recognize that that's even a possibility, but history is the thing that teaches us the rhythm of, of the universe, right? And teaches us the rhythm of humanity. And, uh, and when you learn that rhythm, you can start to see some of the very small signs popping up again that uh, people are starting to, to move back into mob think. And, uh, and it's, 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 it's not a safe game that we play. And so, you know, Seneca is basically saying here, even I, you know, even I get, uh, get, get affected when I go into the mob and I take some vice away with me. And he's saying it's something that we should avoid. So, so we go on and he says the following, quote, But nothing is so damaging to a good character as the habit of lounging at the games. For then it is that vice steals subtly upon one through the avenue of pleasure. What do you think I mean? I mean that I come home more greedy, more ambitious, more voluptuous, and even more cruel and inhuman, because I have been among human beings. By chance I attend a midday exhibition, expecting some fun, wit, and relaxation, an exhibition at which men's eyes have respite from the slaughter of their fellow men. But it was quite the reverse. The previous combats were the essence of compassion, but now all the trifling is put aside and it is pure murder. The men have no defensive armour. They are exposed to blows at all points, and no one ever strikes in vain. Many persons prefer this program to the usual pairs and to the bouts by request. Of course they do, 
there is no helmet or shield to deflect the weapon. What is the need of defensive armor or of skill? All these mean delaying death. In the morning they throw the men to the lions and the bears. At noon they throw them to the spectators. The spectators demand that the slayer shall face the man who is to slay him in his turn, and they always reserve the latest conqueror for another butchering. The outcome of every fight is death, and the means are fire and sword. This sort of thing goes on while the arena is empty. End quote. So one of the first things that I want to point out is a very interesting analysis that Seneca gives, which is that the vice always comes about through the avenue of pleasure. You know, that's one thing that we definitely know a mob loves, right, is pleasure. You know, and and this is always an avenue through which we, we are guided towards the vices that we might be trying to avoid, right? And the Roman games are the perfect example of how no pleasure is truly good enough for the mob. You know, when it comes to a large group of people, you know, in that hive mentality, right, there's always going to be more, 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 more. And that's just human nature. That's just who we are. You know, you you get one thing and all you can think about is what you want next. And, you know, the nature of the Roman games, just like Seneca described here, was was ab- absolutely insane, you know. At lunchtime, they would basically hand the, the decisions of how they would torture people over to the mob who was sitting in the stands. And they would ask the mob, what would you like us to do to this person? And like Seneca said here, you know, by sword, by fire, you know, they would just yell out anything and they would, you know, do that to the person who was being tortured or killed. And that's something that we really need to think about for a long, long time. You know, the fact that human beings can seek pleasure to such a degree that they might find themselves at lunchtime going into a Roman gladiator ring to request that a person be burned at a stake or sliced into pieces or tortured for an hour. You know, just so that they can satisfy that that need for the next most gruesome thing that's going to give them that pleasure, you know. And there were people who, you know, were essentially what we might think of as marketers today who worked with the the gladiator rings who were trying to figure out, you know, this is what we did last week and how do we get more people to come in and see these games next week? You know, that's, that's why Seneca describes here that it used to be one thing, but now look at what it's become. Look at how far things have gone. And, you know, he goes on to, to talk about this a little bit more. I want to read this because he makes very interesting points uh, about how we might think about this, right? So he, he says the following, quote, You may retort, but he was a highway robber. He killed a man. And what of it? Granted that, as a murderer, he deserved his punishment. What crime have you committed, poor fellow, that you should deserve to sit here and see this show? In the morning they cried, kill him, lash him, burn him. Why does he meet the sword in so cowardly a way? Why does he strike so feebly? Why doesn't he die game? Whip him to meet his wounds. Let them receive blow for blow, with chests bare and exposed to the stroke. And when the games stop for the intermission, they announce, a little throat cutting in the meantime, so that there is still something going on. Come now, do you not understand even this truth? that a bad example reacts on the agent? 
Thank the immortal gods you are teaching cruelty to a person who cannot learn to be cruel. End quote. You know, when you read something like this, it should teach you not only about what mobs can be like, but also about what you can be like. Because at the end of the day, those stands at the Colosseums were just full of people, just like you. And it seems to me like, you know, this this kind of reading here should give you almost an encounter with what Carl Jung called the shadow, right? That part of yourself that at present is submerged, but under the right circumstances would gladly pop its head up again. You know, and he actually said something interesting. Carl, Carl Jung, he said the following, quote, What may be said of humanity in general is also valid for each individual, since humanity consists only of individuals. And as the psychology of humanity is, so also is the psychology of the individual. End quote. So what we're learning about here is not just mobs, we're learning about what we are like. Because we are a part of humanity. We make up the mob. And so Seneca is trying to warn us of this. And he's trying to say, listen, pay attention. You know, if you're going to be in a mob, pay attention. Because this is what we are. This is what we are as human beings. This is what we're capable of. This is the madness that comes from mob thinking. And I think that this is such an important lesson for us all to learn, you know, just to have that attention, to pay attention, to know what we are, to know what we're capable of. And just having that attention, having that understanding of this is what we are like, this is what we are capable of, is something that can allow you at least a a, a few seconds of judgment before you do something that would potentially be catastrophic or, you know, in the very least, bad for your soul. And, you know, if you're not convinced that this kind of danger still lies within human beings, then I'm going to bring it a little bit closer to us. I'm, I'm going to go to the Soviet reign in the 20th century in Russia. And I'm going to read you a passage from Alexander Solzhenitsyn's Gulag Archipelago. Right? So he says the following, quote, If the intellectuals in the plays of Shekhov, who spent all their time guessing what would happen in 20, 30, or 40 years, had been told that in 40 years interrogation by torture would be practiced in Russia, that prisoners would have their skulls squeezed with iron rings, that a human being would be lowered into an acid bath, that they would be trussed up naked to be bitten by ants and bedbugs, that a ramrod heated over a primus stove would be thrust up their anal canal, that a man's genitals would be slowly crushed beneath the toe of a jackboot, and that, in the luckiest possible circumstances, prisoners would be tortured by being kept from sleeping for a week, by thirst, and by being beaten to a bloody pulp, not one of Shekhov's plays would have gotten to its end because all the heroes would have gone off to the insane asylums. End quote. Yeah, so that was about 100 years ago, which brings it a lot closer to us than 2,000 years ago at the Roman Gladiator Games. And so what you can see here is that, you know, history is the tale of over and over again, human beings falling into groupthink, into mob mentality, and to moving in the direction that makes us more like animals than human beings. And that's within you. That's who you are. You're a human being. You're one of the mob. You're capable of that. And 
that is a very important understanding that we can gain from Seneca's warnings of the mob, which is to say that we need to be careful about when we start to think not for ourselves, but start to think like the mob thinks. And I think that that is a more important thing to take away than these right from these writings than just to say that we need to avoid the mob constantly because we are social beings. You know, we like being in the crowd. We love going to concerts. And, you know, it's interesting. I think that some of the best things and some of the worst things happen in big mobs. You know, because you can also think, what what else happens in a mob? You know, you can go to a symphony and have an amazing experience listening to all these people playing incredible music. You know, you can go, you know, you can go to a sporting match and and you can just be invigorated by the amazing game that's going on before you, and everybody's just feeling on top of the world. Such amazing experiences happen when we all get together, but the opposite can also happen, and so we need to learn what the signs are of that sort of thing happening, but you start with yourself and you say that I'm going to be very careful about not falling into mob thinking, but to decide what I think, you know, to, 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 to whatever is my decision, it's going to be based on my own conclusions, not the conclusions of the mob. Whatever I desire, let's try and make sure that it's not just something that the mob desires, but that it's something that, you know, I'm aiming at, something that would be good for me and the people around me. You know, don't let yourself be dragged into a state of affairs where all of a sudden you find yourself sitting at the Roman gladiator games or the equivalent of that today, you know, watching people be thrown to lions. And I do want to bring it even closer to us just so that we can see how close we are really to always, you know, becoming part of that mob think and that mob mentality, Right, because you know, maybe we would say that we're not quite there yet. We we haven't quite reached the state. Well, obviously, some parts of the world this sort of thing is happening, but maybe we haven't quite reached the state of the Roman gladiator games again. You know, maybe we haven't quite reached the state of the uh, the torture that was going on in Russia uh, during the Soviet reign. Right, and so maybe you might consider those events as like the screams of the mob. Right, but what are some of the whispers? You know, I can definitely think of two major examples that come from two political ideologies that are going on at the moment, right? In America last year and, and this year, what we saw on the left was the burning of buildings and the ruining of communities with, as a part of those riots. And, and on the right, we saw the storming of the Capitol building. You know, that's, that's two results of mob thinking that goes wrong and goes wrong quickly. But the thing is, it doesn't go wrong quickly. This thing happens over time. And if you pay attention to those whispers, you see it happening over time and you can see it coming. And we all need to pay attention to that. We all need to, as I said earlier, you know, pay attention to how we are thinking just based on what the mob thinks and whether or not we're actually thinking for ourselves. And so I think that Seneca's warnings are today more applicable than ever because in times of peace, we can often forget just how crazy we can become. And Seneca's reminding us here, no, this is this happens, you know. This is how quickly things can change. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode today. I hope you've taken away a few things and uh, I'm excited for the next one because we want to discuss what Seneca suggests as a solution for the chaos of the mob. I'll talk to you next time.